Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, Cloneheads. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner, coming to you live from the Spidey-Dude.com, quote, studios. I am uh, doing something a bit different this episode. Normally we have Donovan and Josh and Gerard on to do the show, but, you know, they just really hated this story that much that they just could not bring themselves to be a part of this episode. No, I'm not talking about the Scarlet Spider months. I'm actually talking about the Scarlet Spider 2012 title. There was one significant storyline that happened in, in 2012 with the Scarlet Spider that was just really awful. And <laughs> I've decided to drag our friend Greg XB from Spider-Man Crawl Space over to uh, talk about it. And so he's going to join. He's joining me this episode. Welcome, Greg. Glad to be here. Well, not glad to read this book, but glad to be here. <laughs> Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself and and and, and uh, your comic collecting and, and how you interacted, with, how you how you met up with me and all this jazz. Well, I started out and I started reading comics. Back in the early 80s, I've been reading comics for as long as I can remember. My first, Spider-Man was my first. My first issues were a reprint of 39 and 40, Amazing Spider-Man, which we all know what happens there. That's when we first find out that Norman Osborn's a Green Goblin, and he first finds out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. My second story was a reprint of The Death of Gwen Stacy. I was a small child. This is my introduction to Spider-Man, these two Green Goblin stories. Then I started picking up the monthly comic when I can find it on the spinner rack. This is when the Hobgoblin story was going. I forget if it was uh, still Stern or DeFalco had already come on, but that's how long I've been reading. And So obviously you're, you're a big Goblin fan, so you, you obviously like the uh, Night of the Goblin, which is the final Love that story, story yeah. Um, give us your thoughts about the Clone Saga in general. I remember when it was first coming out. I'm, I've been reading comics for a while then, and um, at first I was thinking, okay, this is pretty interesting. I, had, I hadn't read the original Clone Saga, then Clone Genesis came out when the story was still hot, so I went back and read that, and I enjoyed it. And I remember enjoying this up until the point they made the reveal about Ben Riley. You know, the reveal, the infamous reveal. <laughs> And But I never dropped the book. I just kept going and going, I guess because, while I wouldn't call myself a jaded reader, I said, I, I said to myself, no, Peter's going to come back and be the original Spider-Man at some point. It kept going, but I'm, they never fooled me into thinking this would be permanent. And So I never actually dropped the book. I didn't drop the book until one more day, and uh, then I picked it up again, then I dropped it again, and now I have a non-off relationship with Spider-Man <laughs> Which is sad because I mean you re- you've been reading since the eighties. Yeah. Um, you know uh, what did you think about the Ben Riley era of Spider Man? We're about we're about to start covering. Uh, we got to get through the Scarlet Spider Month because we're to be honest, that, like, one, one of those things at the time I think I was just waiting for it to all be resolved. Now looking back, I mean it's not perfect. There are a lot of problems, but it's enjoyable. I appreciate what they were doing, and compared to things that came later, I mean. I don't know. I mean, looking back, it wasn't as bad. I think people should give it a second look. It really wasn't as bad as everyone says it is. I mean, you know, I really, 
I'll just I'll speak for myself. I really love the Ben Riley, and I think that all the panel, like Josh and Gerard and Donovan, are really looking forward to getting that. Well, yeah, the ben Riley is. There's a lot of good stuff. There was some not so good stuff there, but you had four titles going for five of you count unlimited. You have uh, <laughs> you had all these writers working on it. Not everything can be a winner. There were times when it was really fun. I mean, I thought Blood Brothers was really good. I enjoyed seeing Jason Mackendale get his ass kicked because I I didn't okay, he was cool in the nineties cartoon, but they kind of wrote him like Kingsley before they revealed him as Mackendale. Right. Yeah, Jason Philip Mackendale made a li- made money off of crime. No, I yes. can't marry you Bertoni's not here, someone has to do the voice. Exactly. So uh yeah, I mean I mean this this show is all about obviously the Clone Saga, but but now you've been enjoying the Scarlet Spider book outside of this story. Yeah, I have. Uh, which is nice because because Gerard has like a love hate relationship with Scarlet Spider. Like he loved the first four issues, he hated issue five, which I hated issue five too. Mm-hmm. And then and then issue six comes around, and he's like, ah, brand new day crap. Yeah. Boom. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I think it has a lot of potential. I think he needs an arch enemy. I mean, I I don't know if he necessarily has one yet. I mean, I. My thought, the jackal. It should be the jackal, but they have the jackal over in uh, the other the other book that Yost is writing. Yeah. I mean, it should be the jackal. Right. I mean, I know they set up a thing. I, with, I would, I would, I would kill to see like a a, a original like like the, the thing I like I like about Yost and I kind of don't like about Yost is that he brings in these X Men characters like with the most recent story, which we'll cover later. Uh, the uh, the Red Death, you know, with the Assassin's yeah. Guild, you know that that's a Gambit story that that he's. I mean, he's using that regional stuff. I mean, he brought in the the, the uh, Texas Rangers. It's been a while, wasn't Kane a member of the Assassin's Guild back in the day? I don't know if it was ever explicitly said. It's an assumed thing because okay, Kane's first appearance, he is. There's a, a meeting of assassins, and he literally kills the entire group of assassins. When, and he's brought back to New York because Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider is running around. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so that's what draws him back to New York, is to take out Ben. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Kane Kane wants to. You know, we, we in the interview with my dad, he talked about. He said he specifically said he had no moral compass. Like, like he was everything he did was there was there was some twisted reason for it, and that's something I have liked about the about the character Ken yeah, in the Skull Spider book is that there is there's still a bit of that twisted moral compass, but it's a little bit straighter. It's just it's it's bent quite a bit, but it's not completely just twisted around. I and mean, he at this point he's not going to embrace being the hero, even though he already is to his own chagrin, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I I think he's I think I think the now you guys probably heard Greg last month on our live caller episodes, so uh, his voice should sound a little familiar, and uh, I'm I'm excited that uh, to have Greg on. We got it. We actually talked about it on the episode, but I'm excited that we're actually doing it. And uh, even though we're kind of reviewing a story, it's kind of uh, it's all right. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's kind. Of, uh, you know, I, I reread it the other day, and I didn't hate it as much as it did when it first came out. Does that make sense? I guess it does. Like yeah. I, I've mellowed. I've mellowed out on it. Yeah, but this is my first time reading it, so I haven't mellowed yet. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really cool because uh, Greg has not read the story until for the until he got told he's doing the recording for this podcast. I deliberately so. avoided it the first time as it was coming. Yeah. Out. But uh, to kind of give you a, what we're talking about this this story, we're talking about Minimum Carnage. Now, this story had uh, was six parts. It ran two months, and you had the Alpha issue, uh, issue ten of Scarlet Spider, and eleven of Scarlet Spider, and then you had two issues of Venom. And those issue numbers are issues twenty six and twenty seven of Venom is what was also covered, and then you had the Omega issue. Now. <laughs> I'm just going to say this off the top. This story is so 90s, from its name to its use of Alpha and Omega. 
So uh, you have to buy more than one title to get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is there's there's a lot of similarities. Now, the uh, minimum carnage name is a play on words from the maximum carnage, rather infamous, three month long summer story arc that happened in the early '90s with um, all of the Spider-Man titles. It was actually um, rather infamous for launching. Uh, didn't have an Alpha and Omega, but launched the uh, quarterly Spider-Man Unlimited title. The first two issues were the beginning and end of the Maximum Carnage storyline. So, there's that. Uh, obviously, Carnage is a big part of it. Venom's a big part of it. Scarlet Spider was a big uh, big uh, story in the 90s. Clearly, you're listening to the show, so you know that already. Um but the, the so so you've got some similarities. You got some homages just in the name, the title, the the use of Alpha and Omega. So it's it's one of those deals where when you when you look at it, uh, it's very much a homage to the '90s. That being said, well, this story is oh. isn't particularly interesting. Go on. I thought you were giving me a pause. Sorry, sorry. Okay, go on. It's okay. No, no, you're you're good. Okay. Um. No. Not being interesting is the least of its problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get into this obviously in the review, but there's, there's, I mean, there's, some, there's some, some fundamental problems, and you can kind of tell. One of the, I, I'll just say this off the top. I think what the biggest problem is you've got a very strong writer in Yost, not as strong of a writer in Colin Bunn. And I, no, no offense to Colin Bunn, but, but I just, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I think this would have been better if it, there was a singular narrative running through the, both titles. But we'll get into that. Um, we'll kind of start with our rundown. Our rundowns. It's not. We're going to do one rundown for the whole miniseries because, honestly, it's so much easier that way. And and I hate to say that because because it, it is what it is. But but um, minimum carnage alpha is where we're going to start. And, and this the official writing credit. Goes to Cullen Bunn, I think. And Chris Yost. Wanna, okay, so no, they, they, they... Oh, no, the trade here says Minimum Carnage, Alpha, and Omega writers, Chris Bunn, and Cullen Bunn, and Chris Yost, so um, maybe one so wrote one call, than the other, so I don't know. All right, so we start off with the uh, the Thunderbolts Maximum Security Prison in Colorado. This is where we see uh, Carnage appear for the first... Yeah. Oh, by the way, it does say uh, Cullen Bunn and Chris Yost. So they, they co-wrote this book. Yeah. Um... And uh, it, as was the sty- has been the style of Chris Yost, it's very much the credits are, are interspliced with, with images, much like a movie. The, we get, obviously we're at the, uh, the Thunderbolts present, we have a breakout with, with uh, Agent Venom going around looking for clues as to what happened and how he couldn't have been able to get out of the cell. Uh, we then... Uh, <laughs> We see I-25 South, which obviously is not going to end well because, you know, Colorado is not too far away from Texas. And I-25 I- South, uh, we have a, we see Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, who looks nothing like Cletus Cassidy, by the way. Uh, looks like a stereotypical hick. <laughs> yeah, really not that good. We uh, then intersplice that with Venom. And then we get to Houston, Texas, which is two days later, and we get our first appearance of the Scarlet Spider. Yay! So, uh, Scarlet Spider is, you know, swinging around the city. He sees a burning building in classic Spider-Man 1 style. He decides to jump in, and a man is horrified by, by, by what had happened. Uh, Kane is very confused as, what's, as to what's going on. Kane then takes the man to Park Plaza Hospital, where we see our good old doctor and his uh, partner at the at the hospital. And Kane and him have an, have an, have an exchange saying that there was a monster that looked like the Scarlet Spider. Uh, we cut then to the Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center, where we uh, have an exhibit with Dr. Catola and an interview with a blonde reporter. She's, a, she, uh, she's so irrelevant, because she doesn't star in the Scarlet Spider book. I don't read Venom, so I am so completely lost. We then have Cletus Cassidy coming, doing his best um, hick impression, and he turns into Carnage. Now we see we see Kane bust in as the Scarlet Spider. And I'm going to make an aside. First of all, when did Kane see this see Carnage? Wasn't he in a trial of Peter Parker? They were at no he, no uh, he was. There. He was. Oh, he was. No, he was. He was there. He was he was the uh, prosecution. 
and, and Judas Traveler, you were right, thank you. Judas Traveler gave him the knowledge of, of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and then at the end of the book, um, wiped it away from his memory. Remember, his powers were a sham. Yeah. But he still didn't remember the Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man are the same person. So, we, um, so okay, Chris Yost, you didn't have a continuity error. I messed up. Sorry. So, he won't remember me. I like his line. He won't remember me, but I tried to kill him. <laughs> Looks like I get to try again. So, we get uh, the obligatory fight between Carnage and the Scarlet Spider. And then, tiny people. Yes, tiny people show up. Uh, now, the, what was at the Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center was a, a device that could teleport you to the Microverse. Hence the name Minimum Carnage. And we are then... Scarlet Spider is Carnage... Or, excuse me. Carnage and the reporter are, and, the, and the little people are sucked into the into the porthole. We then have in the the issue ends with Venom pointing a gun at the Scarlet Spider. We go to Scarlet Spider number ten, written by Yost, art by Koi Fam, and Riley Brown with Palmer on the inks. We pick up from the previous issue. We have Kane getting his stingers out so he could stab Venom, and we have Venom and Kane basically doing a Mexican standoff, so to speak. We then have a freakout between Venom and Kane because Venom, the Venom symbiote, recognizes Spider Scarlet Spider markings and thinks that he's Spider-Man. Then, of course, Venom being the Venom symbiote, being Venom symbiote, well, wants to eat Scarlet Spider. Now we get a really nice fight between the two of them before finally they decide to go into the microverse. But first, we go into the microverse, and we have Carnage making his first appearance in the issue. And then subsequently, halfway through the issue, inexplicably, we have Koi Fam stop doing the artwork, and then we start getting Riley Brown. So 90s. This happened all the time in the 90s. Right, exactly. Uh, we then have Venom and and Scarlet Spider get separated. Venom's with one group of people. Pink fairies. And Pink fairies and... and more tiny people. Atreus ran. This is Marionette. We need your help. You know, okay. <laughs> we then have really good artwork by Riley Brown here. Um, we have this random Yoda guy that decides to... He gets a, he gets a name later, but we're, we're going to call him Random Yoda Guy, because that's what Skull Spider calls him. I call him Micro-Jesus. Micro-Jesus. Micro <laughs> uh... Micro Jesus then tells him, you might want to look up with that, uh, I am preparing to die. And then we have a giant, um, what's the best way of describing this? A dragon or kraken scorpion combo. And then we get told to be continued in Venom 26. A lot of cross-jumping, obviously, because this is a crossover. Alright, so then we jump to Venom 26, which is written by Cullen Bunn and Shavli and Lawfridge are doing the doing the artwork chores. Uh, the microverse we get picked up with the more of the tiny people in Carnage. I kind of victim. I'm going to kill a messiah. Yeah, exactly. And then we then cut to <laughs> we cut to Venom being uh, making a uh, making a reference to Parker. He says, "Captain's log, start a blah blah blah." The science fiction mumbo-jumbo would be right up Parker's alley. So we get a Peter Parker reference uh, with Flash Thompson as Venom. That's fun. Which I should have... That's, that's a fun little reference right there. So we get the crew of the Starship uh, Microverse and Venom talking back and forth with each other with kind of sketchy artwork. And then we get... Then we cut to the Scarlet Spider. You know, and every single time Scarlet Spider appears, he has to say, My name is Kane. In Houston... I'm known as the Scarlet Spider. Here, wherever here is, I'm known as a snack. So then we have, you know, we pick up from the last, the, the cliffhanger from last issue, and uh, we get a lot of Kane's dialogue here and there, and so. And then we have, you know, uh, Microverse Jesus that just sits there and just, you know, prepares. Kane then fights the Scorpio Kraken and then tears off its lower jaw, <laughs> killing it. And, Get eaten uh, by an amoeba today. Yeah, I have been called many names. I have been called. I have been a king, a traitor. I have carried the name of my people. I have been called. This is Space Jesus talking. I have been called by the names of entire worlds, but now those names are inconsequential. 
You may call me the Redeemer, the Prophet, others the Savior, others a Conqueror, but those names are meaningless. All that matters is my purpose. I am a healer. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so then we got... Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Michael Jesus. Sorry. We got... Yeah, Michael Jesus. Uh, we get uh, Carnage, you know, doing his carnage thing, which is pretty much, you know, threatening to kill people or killing people and then, you know, having the having the reporter document it all. Oh, and there's the superhero. There's the heroes that show up. Well, it's nice to see he hasn't become a two-trick pony. Exactly. Of course, you know, Carnage is, during this time, he's, you know, came over here so he could be legendary, and now he's he's actually betrayed the people that brought him here. Uh, we go to the Stardate uh, Microverse. The Star <laughs> Stargate Microverse. That's what we're going to call it now, because it kind of looks like a Stargate, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. Okay. So we get more... Uh, more fighting with the crew of the Starship Stardate. Stargate, whatever. Starship I'm Stardate doesn't concerned. matter. It's the microverse, whatever. who cares? <laughs> it's the micro, exactly. It's the microverse, so we get the obligatory fighting. And then the Venom symbiote freaks out. Of course, then we get Kane doing his walk um, with, with, uh, with microverse Jesus. And then finally we get, uh, as, as they're walking down... They're surprise attacked by by Carnage. Uh, Carnage. Doing that in yeah. yeah, that ends Venom number twenty six. Then we go to the Scarlet Spider number eleven. We are three quarters of the way through this thing. Thank God. All right, so we, mean, we thank pick Michael up. Jesus. Yeah, thank yeah, thank Michael Jesus. We get, we open the issue with a with a nine page block of of artwork. Now I should be re- I would be remiss to not mention who does this. Uh, Yost Fam and uh, Brown Riley Brown do this particular issue. So we get a really I mean it's a nice little sequence to open up the issue, and we get of course Kane's dialogue. And not all Kane wants to do at this point is to kill Carnage. So that's what Part Four of Minimum Carnage is called: Kill Carnage. All right, so we get the. Uh, Fighting between Carnage and Scarlet Spider. Meanwhile, the Homeworld Microship Endeavor. That's actually the name of it, and I totally forgot. We are sort of introduced with the with the star crew of the Starship Endeavor, and we get to kind of the My name is Flash. Tom. I, every time I, I read this dialogue of like My name is Kane and My name is Flash, Tom, the first thing that pops in my head right now because I just got done watching the the season finale again was. Is my name is Oliver Queen? For for five years I was stranded on because that's the opening of every single episode of Arrow. Anyway, it's a, it's a classic framing device, but it's kind of tired. I don't know. I guess it's because I watched Arrow all season, and so we get the internal monologue of, of Venom. The Venom symbiote is freaking out. Uh, Flash is just you know trying desperately to to do it, and then we have the. Fairy doing a song and basically sings it back to sleep. Uh, we go back to then we, then we go back to Kane and the and Carnage fighting each other, and then we get uh, some more of the paratroopers of uh, trying to bring in Carnage and the Redeemer, and of course everybody's been captured, and now we get to meet the real villain. Radu. He's been referenced on and off throughout. And uh, Radu is kind of a badass, because he like literally did grab after Carnage is like, you know, I'm going to kill you. Nothing would make me happier. With all due respect, I am not interested in your happiness. And he like he like pulls a Dr. Doom and just grabs his head and slams it in the ground. <laughs> what time somebody did that? <laughs> saying, you know, I want to be God. And in order for me to be the new God, I have to kill the old one. But I can't. It is against my religion. Thus, Carnage. So then we get the Obsidian Wastelands that are unzoned. Whatever. What's the difference between being zoned and unzoned? I mean, for God's sake, really? I, I don't All know. Right. I don't speak. Ugh. I don't speak the language of the little people. So <laughs> that's PC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Sure. I. We are not a PC podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. So we have Kane emerging from the abyss with the Redeemer, um, and the Redeemer basically says you. You misunderstand. This place, nothing can exist without it. The microverse holds the macroverse together. Your universe. 
So then Kane realizes very quickly that, oh, crap, this is not good. So, you know, Kane just wants to go home. All right? He he just wants this story to mercifully end like the rest of us. Really, then... Uh, yes, crap indeed. That's actual dialogue. Yes, yes. Uh, so then we have we have Venom and the, and Carnage being transported to with using Radu's machine, and we basically get revealed that he's going to build an army and bring us uh, and basically create our army of symbionts, which you know, of course, basically, oh sh- crap. Anyway, so then we uh, continue to the fifth part, which is Venom twenty seven. I guess it was twenty six and twenty seven. I'm was remiss earlier. Alright, so we got the unknown zone planet in the microverse, you know, Radu, it's mobile fortress, whatever. And we get to the the two the Venom symbiote and the Carnage symbiote are in, in the in the body tanks and they have cloned bodies and so they have a bunch of little symbiotes running around and Venom breaks free and so they Venom and Carnage start fighting. We then cut to the crew of the Starship Endeavor that are sitting there being captured. And then we go, we cut back and forth between the between Carnage and, and Venom fighting each other, and then the Carnage like gets his head cut clean off by Venom, which is a really kind of a badass splash. Shouldn't stage. that kill him? Then, supposed to. Uh, anyway, it does not kill Carnage. Carnage then puts his head back together, and then of course you know you get round three with with Kane. Uh, the Starship Endeavor guys have escaped, and they're fighting some more of the forces of Radu and. Uh, Anyway, so the Enigma Force shows up as well. I guess, I'm sorry, the Enigma Force is the crew of the Starship Endeavor. Anyway, so we cut back to Venom and Kane fighting side by side, trying to uh, stop the army of symbiotes. Now, I was also remiss to, to not mention, there was a story in the 90s called Planet of the Symbiotes. It had Scarlet Spider, Spider-Man, Venom against Carnage and a bunch of whole and a whole planet of symbionts. So you take you take the name and you have Maximum Clonage too. I forgot to mention Maximum Clonage. So you've got Maximum Carnage, Planet of the Symbiots, and you sprinkle in some Maximum Clonage, and that's what this story is. And and when you have that much crap in a story as your homage, your expectations are very low. And so, then we have Venom Flash Thompson, in a fit of rage, decides to just basically have a kind of... The sound effect to me sounds like he's taking a jump. It's it's terrible. (laughs) It's like... Like he's he's cinching down on the toilet. Um, So, Carnage actually sinking through the floor and getting away. We then get told that there's only one corruptor among us now. Then we get told, you know, we're asking ourselves, where the hell is he? And then we kind of zoom in, and we have, the, we have a, it, 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 we're back in Houston, and there's this guy, he's laying there dead. And in laying there dead, you have a bunch of, a thousand tiny symbiotes running around. Which then leads us, finally, to, to the uh, minimum, carnage minimum, carnage, minimum Carnage Omega. So we get Minimum Carnage Omega, where we, uh, the framing device of this is that we have the reporter who is Katie uh, Kiernan, is her name, basically tell, using her Daily Inquisitor deal, or her Daily Inquisitor article to be the framing device throughout the story. So we open up, we have random people just starting to die randomly because and bleeding out because Carnage has infected them. They basically become a giant virus. Now we have thousands of little Carnages becoming one giant Carnage. Where have I seen this before? Exactly. The microverse, we, we get then cut back. We've got Quark, Redeemer, Scarlet Spider, Agent Venom, Kenny Kieran, Commander Ron, uh, Mari, and Bug. <sighs> All there. Again, we have the... Uh, we have Apparently, Kenny Kieran and, and Bug are going to uh, have a relationship, because, you know, uh, he, Katie, he gives her... And Katie Kieran is blonde again. She became a brunette in a few of these issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, some some coloring issues. Um, we then get told that the, the key to getting back to the microverse is the symbiote itself, because at the beginning of this book, and I didn't, I really didn't mention it. They were, to, we were told that the, the machine that brought them to the microverse was the only way in and out. Well, the machine was destroyed once they all went in there, conveniently. But now we get, now we get the, they, they 
going through the through the time dilation portal. Yeah, sure. And why not? <laughs> yeah, it's the best way of describing it. Time, they once they emerge from the time dilation portal, uh, we get told that Katie Kiernan and everybody are small, and we then get like a, a kind of a like, guys, I think we got a problem here. What's that? A bottle cap? Why is it so big? I don't think the cap that it's the cap that's big. I think we're small. So. So now we have tiny little people and a giant <laughs> carnage uh, who literally says bite size. So then we get uh, a weird fight. hundreds of little, a really weird fight scene because you've got carnage breaking off into little carnages and then they're fighting each other. And of course, Katie cannot leave because she's, she's an idiot. She's um, in there for Katie Couric. Of course she is. Yeah, exactly. What's the matter, fellows? That gross to take a bit out of you? That's too bad, really, because I'm feeling tip-top. Not Spider-Man and not Venom. What a pair of feeble, half-ass heroes you turned out to be. Me, I'm pure, undiluted carnage. So, then, of course, Kane and Venom just completely just go at it. And Kane, or Carnage, then tries to eat it. Eat Venom. So then, a sonic bomb goes off with, with Carnage, basically trying to separate the symbiote from Cassidy. As Cassidy gets up, Kane then then does something that that uh, nobody uh, so you don't really expect him to do it, but he, he Kane just gets so angry he just pulls out a freaking stinger and, and lobotomizes him. And then the symbiote then takes over. Then we get the epilogue at NASA. We have the Avengers showing up and to uh, to dism- and Nick and Black Nick Fury to dismantle the Prometheus pit. Um, the city of Houston grieves. Get the microverse, you know, and then we, you know, kind of, we're just basically getting like a like a like a flash card of scenes, so to speak, and then we get the Four Seasons Hotel where we have Kane kind of just sitting there being mopey, and then we get a, a Venom Agent Venom at an undisclosed containment facility where Venom is then told that the that he's that Cassidy survived his wounds, but he's completely catonic. He's been effectively but lobotomized. Uh, when when Venom asks if he's harmless, we then get told that uh, the symbiote is still in his bloodstream. He's still the alien's host, but without the human side. Regardless of how hu- inhuman Cassidy might have been, this, the symbiote technically is technically in full control. We have the creature sedated now, but Carnage is more dangerous than ever. So basically, this takes away whatever whatever human emotion that Carnage might had might have had, and now it's just pretty much the symbiote with the living and feeding off of a host a host body. That's the end of Minimum Carnage. Yeah, thankfully. Okay, let's start with the we'll start with the things we didn't like. Okay, um, first of all, before we begin here, I'm honored to have been part of this podcast now, and I have to say this: being asked to read this for my debut, it was either a hazing ritual or this was Zach's way of getting revenge at me for certain political disagreements on Facebook. Both. But uh, continue. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I never cared for the microverse before, and this is not going to make me start. And this thing was so incoherent. Did Radu die? I read this last night, and I don't remember. And even through this recap, I don't remember. And I was going through this page by page. Did Radu die? You know, I think think Radu's still out there. I don't even... You had to ask that question. I'm, I'm going through a page by like I was going through a page by page on the on the on the recap, and uh, let me go back to because I'll tell you what my, one of my biggest problems with this book. How many different artists did we have? Okay, I don't. We had, I don't know. It's exactly like reading Planet of the Symbiotes. There were a million artists on that too. Okay, we had. Uh, Actually, okay. no, no. I take that back. This had more artists than Maximum Clonage Omega. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the story uh, uh, itself. But okay, we have two different writers, mm-hmm. which is fair because it's a crossover between two books. We have Lan Medina, so it's not even like Angel on Hell Medina. It's Lan Medina, Carl Kitzel, Cam Smith, and Walden Wong. I want you to can you keep count of this for me? Yeah, we have three inkers. Mm-hmm. We have actually okay, four that's, inkers. Jimmy Mendoza and Bit. Also, I'm looking at the uh, trades. <laughs> Credits and uh, okay, and we've got Declan Shalvi and Koi Fam as the Omega Epilogue artists. Yeah, 
And that's just for Alpha and Omega. That's for Alpha and Omega. Then you have in Venom, I think we had two different artists in Venom. Actually, no, Venom only had one artist for both comics. It was Scarlet Spider that had Koi Fam and Riley Brown. Okay, Koi Fam couldn't do the whole thing. And so basically, and I, I will say this, with Scarlet Spider, with Riley Brown and Koi Fam, it seemed to me that you could you could tell like the the the, the Scarlet Spider parts because Scarlet Spider gets separated from the rest of the group, yeah. right? So the Scarlet Spider parts are actually drawn by by Riley Brown. Koi Fam drew the other parts. Yeah. So by by alternating that, there is a consistent narrative throughout the book. But Koi Fam couldn't do it, which is which is to me it's a little ridiculous. But you know, we last month on the on or maybe last, you didn't last want to do it. <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, Fan only does basically one full issue in two months. You have Riley Brown fill in. Then you have Riley Brown fill in in issue 12, uh, which is a really good book, which is actually, it ends the trade, correct? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I think the next trade starts with 12.1 and goes basic, which makes sense. So stupid, we have 12.1. Anyway, so we have the we have these this story... We have, what, four or five different artists doing a story. Um, we have a bazillion different, what, four or five different inkers doing basically six issues. Yeah. And it'd be different if they were six separate titles, but they're nah. two titles and, and two extra titles, basically two extra extra books. And people are like, well, these are going to be double-sized. They're 32 pages, folks. So you, you basically paid for two extra issues of, to me, you could read Alpha and Omega and, and not be lost at all. Yeah, Hardly. just like um, Maximum Carnage. <laughs> yeah, basically. You, I just wonder if it was purposely designed this way. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but wow. So, uh, essentially, um, I'll, I'll give each issue grades. I'll give the first issue a B. I thought it was a solid setup issue. I thought the second issue was probably my favorite of the bunch, so I'm going to give that an A. Minus... Uh, Part three, four, and five get straight D's because they're dis- a dismal. Um, mm. There was nothing really happened in those three books. At least you had what everybody wanted to see, which was Venom and Scarlet Spider go at it in, the, in, yeah. in issue two. Issue issue six, I just I can't give anything above a C because it's just so ugh, bad. It's so it's so tropey. I mean, it's like I did get flashes of Planet of the Symbiotes in my head, and that's not something I want to be flashed back to. Okay, mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, at the same time, it's, it's one of those deals where you sit there and you you think about it, and I just I, I feel like I mean we're thirty five minutes into this episode, and I, I'm ambivalent about it. So so, Greg, give me give, I mean, kind of hit me with your thoughts. Well, I'd say my grades are about the same as yours, except I give part six a full D instead of a C. But again, like I was saying last night, this is the spiritual successor of Planet of the Symbiotes, and that's not a good thing. I suppose this could have been better if it was 14 parts, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, if it had been 14 parts, I would have dropped Skull and Spider like it's hot. Whoa, and that coming from you. (laughs) Uh, No, if I had to endure 14 parts of this crap, uh, no, I'm good. I'm straight. I mean, it was just... Shouldn't Behead and Carnage kill him, or at least kill Cletus Cassidy? How does this work exactly? Um, you know, the difference between Carnage and Venom is that Carnage fully bonded with the symbiote. So while he has a human body as a host, um, oh, yeah, it's like they... Know, they, they yeah, that's true. Yeah. In, well, I, I go back to... God, I can't I, believe I'm going back to this, but Maximum Carnage. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And... Um, to be fair, I'll give them points here. At least they remembered that because certain later writers in the '90s had forgotten that and had like Venom take the symbiote back or the symbiote leave him and bond with the Silver Surfer. Uh, that was that was that was okay. Yeah, that was, that was the bonding of the Silver. That was uh, no, that was the Falco that okay. did the Silver 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 uh, Carnage Cosmic, yeah. excuse me, story. And then you had uh, which. And the re- and DeFalco was later asked about the Carnage Cosmic story, and he basically said, basically, I wanted to do something different that wasn't in every other Carnage story before. Yeah. Which is certainly different. I, I, 
my childhood self is saying, I love that story. That was so cool. And I think it was but, Max uh, did the, the one where Venom takes the symbiote back and then he gets a new symbiote from another dimension or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. This is the story. Venom eats the symbiote. Then we get the the incontinuity explanation as to why Spider-Man, the Spider-Man Unlimited suit exists in a issue of Web Spinners, which Cletus Cassidy goes to a alternate dimension, I think it was Counter-Earth, and gets a Carnage symbiote from Counter-Earth and brings it back. That's the explanation. Yeah, that's never going to get referenced, and I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, the fact that the Sp- Spider-Man Unlimited costume from the cartoon is brought into the mainstream comics. Um, There's a reason that, that that never was seen again. Yeah. Well, Which I love... You heard about what happened with that series, right? I've, As an aside. Yeah, I've seen it. I know it got cancelled after 13 episodes, but um, I don't know any of the behind-the-scenes stories. Okay. The, the behind-the-scenes story, this was, this was revealed a few... Uh, about a, about a couple, couple years ago, I think, was that they had pitched this series and... And they were going to do a origin of Spider, and basically go back, basically kind of do what Spectacular did, which was just go back to the comics and basically make the comics into the show. And then they were told that they couldn't do it because of this deal with Sony, and so they had already begun development of the series. Well, Fox basically had a um, the same type of deal with Marvel that. You know, Fox Studios does with the X Men movies or Sony with the Spider Man movies. If they keep making cartoons, they could run the '90s uh, animated series in reruns. So, in order to supply them with enough to keep them supplying with reruns on the after in the weekday afternoons, they can they made this really crappy uh, Spider Man Limited, and they couldn't do Spider Man Twenty Nine Nine, which there's a lot of references to. I mean, you know, look at the visuals of yeah. the suit. And so basically, they were they were basically doing it just just to keep the Fox Kids from being able to do it. And then ultimately, ironically enough, all the Fox Kids programming sold to Disney. If you remember, Saban, yeah, X-Men, Disney bought Saban, yeah. Disney bought Saban, and so they bought all. Somehow, Saban had finagled all of the rights to all of the the uh, Spider-Man cartoons and then Spider-Man X-Men. Uh, you know all the all the previous cartoons too. So they got the entire they had that entire catalog of stuff, which they showed on Disney XD. Which a couple years later, Disney buys Marvel. But they sold the Power Rangers. Still shocked they did that. That was a cash cow. Well, I uh, yeah, moving on I, back I think, to uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll say this: I'll, uh, the reason why they sold Power Rangers is because they already had their cash cow in Marvel, and the reason why they bought Power Rangers in the first place was to bring in more boys. So. It was ex- therefore expendable. Anyway, as we'll have the bulk of Skull music at the end of this episode. Uh, so, getting back, to the, getting back to this. Greg, tell me what you think about the artwork. I think some of the artwork is really good. I like the art in Alpha, especially, and I like the art in Scarlet Spider, well, when it's a regular artist drawing it, but I'm not a fan of the artwork in Venom and... Um, Carnage doesn't look consistent at all throughout this thing. I mean, I, I hate to be one of those, well, the... Used to draw them better back in. They drew them better in the '90s when Backley was drawing them. I miss the days when Carnage was black and red instead of all red with teeth and a tongue. Yeah, we, we should, he doesn't need a tongue. Yeah, now he looks like Red Venom. Yeah. Well, then, I, you know who started doing the the, the Red Venom, right? Who? I hate to say this. This was John Romita Jr. Uh, ah, yeah. like if you remember the, I mean, he would he he said he would always get confused with Venom and Carnage, so he would forget to add a, add a tongue with Venom and then add a tongue with Carnage. <laughs> you get them flipped. Oh, that's right. Mission so, 500, they did that in that big splash page. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was once the background uh, for spidey-dude.com. I've got a lithograph of so, that. Yeah. So I, I would buy a lithograph of that, too. I, I love that splash page. That was one of my favorite parts of the uh, of, of Spider-Man 500. Yeah. And the art in Omega is an improvement. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Ron Lim cover. That was in the, if you're going to imagine the '90s, have Ron Lim come in and do a cover. Right, right. See, I, I, I don't have like Bagley did the cover for um, Alpha, which is actually I think the Twitter image. I think yeah, it is the Twitter image for uh, 
Oh yeah, there Spidey it is. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really nice artwork by uh, by Bagley. They brought him in a couple of times to scroll on Spider, which I mean, come on, ninety mm-hmm. Spider Man Bagley. Yeah, got it. Bagley's probably my favorite yeah. Spidey artist to this day. Yeah, I love Mason Bagley. Uh, I would kill to have him draw scroll on Spider. I'll give my left arm for, uh, for Bagley. Yeah, so I, I like Riley. I actually would like Riley Brown to do the do the, the, the art full time. I really like yeah. Riley Brown's well, artwork. But when it's badly drawn, a lot of it is incoherent. There were times when I couldn't even tell what exactly was happening. I, I t- you know, I, I think, didn't I give uh, I gave I gave three, four, and five straight D's. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go worse than that with the, the final issue of Venom. I'm gonna give that an F. I mean, it's just it, it's it's unreadable. Um, this is why I dropped Venom after Remender left. Uh, you know, you had you had Venom there, and then you had you bring in Cullen Bunn, and he, I don't think he's ever found his sea legs. Like it's 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 almost been a year since this story came out, and everybody I've talked to have said that Venom has not found his uh, Cullen Bunn has not found his sea legs. I just it just it pains me because I heard really good things about Remender's run. It's a very good book. Uh, I would have killed to have Remender and, and Yost on the story because they would have killed it. Yeah, they could, um, I think together they could have made this thing good. It's not good, but they could have. I mean, Yost tried his best, but <laughs> Yost's hands were tied. I think the microverse. I think the microverse concept sucks. I agree. It just does. I never liked um, it in Fantastic I, Four I, either. To me, I can give three craps less. About the damned micro, I think that's what everybody has said about the story. Is that who gives a flying f about the uh, about the microverse? I don't. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the symbiote. Say, hey, v- Venom, Scarlet Spider teaming up to fight Carnage. I mean, you can make that fun. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I mean, just just Venom and uh, Venom and Squaw Spider fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact because that for the, once we have a... One thing I do like, I like a team-up between the kinder and gentler Venom, Flash Thompson, and the more aggressive Spider-Man, Kane. Yeah, obviously this was pretty superior yeah, Spider-Man. Pretty, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, it's just a really entertaining story. That could be a really... Inter- I, mean, I mean, I think everybody was kind of really excited by the story, and then they were profoundly let down. This was arguably... Well, this wasn't arguably... In terms of just this, the year of Scarlet Spider, because we're, we're getting to the point where we're getting through the first year of Scarlet Spider now, we're at 10 and 11. This was the low point for Scarlet Spider. And it's not really fair, because it, it was brought, it was drugged down by outside forces, but these two issues were single-handedly the two worst issues of Scarlet Spider for its first year. And the, Certainly fact, the, low and the fact that the book is still going is a testament to how good the book is, because this could kill a book in its first year. I mean, yeah, this was this was supposed to raise sales. This was supposed to be something that was, and and you know, Gerard has brought up. I think he brought up in his reviews, and he's brought it up with us privately. He swears that this story was supposed to be written with the uh, with the crossover with uh, like uh, like um, uh, avenging Spider Man. You know, this 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 feels like that it could have been, and you kind of get that. But the the end really, you couldn't do the end without without Kane. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's certain things that you. I mean, the framing of the book could have easily been with with regular Spider-Man, Peter Parker, mm-hmm. but um, but Peter wouldn't lobotomize Carnage like that. So there you go. Yeah, yeah you couldn't do the ending without Kane. So I, I, I see his point. I don't 100 percent agree with it. Oh no, I, I'm sure that's what it was intended. It may not have had an ending in mind, but then they had Kane said, "Okay, we'll do this." Right. And so, obviously, I think this was supposed to set up for now Superior Carnage, which is going on right now. Um, I'm not reading it's Superior it. <laughs> Spider-Man one. I'm not. I'm not reading it either. I mean, I I, I picked up Superior Foes of Spider-Man, and then I wanted my money back. Uh, I burn stole it. <laughs> yeah, I would have still wanted my money back even if I burn stole <laughs> it. Um, that's one of the most garbage garbage issues I've read in probably the last couple of years. I I prof- I've, I have profoundly hated that book. Yeah. Profoundly hated that book. Okay. Anyway, so that being said, um, I I'll talk a little bit about the artwork. I really like Riley Brown. I don't mind Quay Fam, and they were the best art 
of of the book because the, the artwork in Venom was okay. I was not a big fan of Medina's art, and I'll tell you what really bothered me. And this is so nitpicky, and I get this, and I I'm, I'm just going to preface by saying this: I understand that this is nitpick, nitpicky, but I hate the way he drew Scarlet Spider's eyes. I can see that. Um, yeah, he, they, he drew Alpha or Omega. I think he drew Alpha. Yeah, looking, yeah, Medina drew Alpha. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And to me, I, I, I don't like the shrimpy-looking eyes. They look like two pieces of shrimp that are on his mask. Um, I don't like that. I don't. I don't like a curly... It kind of looks like a curly cue, onion ring. And some panels know. looks okay, but in others, I'm, I'm flipping through it right now. It, yeah, I see what you're saying. My biggest, I am a, I'm a fan of the big, expressive eyes. And then you look at Riley Brown, that's how I liked it, my Skull Spider to look. It's, you know, obviously, we got spoiled by Stegman. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then Pham kind of draws him with the more squintier, narrower eyes. Because I think Pham kind of felt that was more aggressive. And there was some more of the poor man's, um, God, what's his name? Ron Garney yeah. <laughs> in certain pages. Uh, we've. I hate to call Koi fan that, but when he's in his Scarlet Spider run, it felt like the poor man's Ron Garney, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but uh, I just, I that was my biggest gripe when I was reading Alpha, because I hated how he drew his eyes. But uh, I really like the design of of, of Agent Venom. Um, yeah. I really do. I think I think it's a cool design. I like the fact that Venom re- immediately reacted. The symbiote reacted to Spider-Man. My only problem with it is, is if he reacted to Spider-Man in that way, why wouldn't he sit there and say, "Parker"? You know, does the symbiote remember who he is? Was this one more date? I forget. He, he the symbiote got OMD'd. Yes, he does not remember who Spider-Man is, which is. Pro- Profoundly stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can how can a, a symbiotic organism that bonded or try attempted to bond several times with Peter Parker not remember who Peter Parker is? Could be worse. Kane could have forgotten. Dude, if Kane would have forgotten, I would have, I would have, I would have drove up there and punched somebody in the throat. <laughs> and come on, like we made the joke. I think we made the joke during Spider Island on Crawl Space about. What did Kane? How did Kane remember who he is? Oh, he just took off his mask. Because <laughs> remember that—that's how that's uh, how Dan, he, he, Dan he, Stout said that was how he remember how the jackal remembered he put a mask on a clone and took it off. Yes, that was the dumbest thing. I mean, that's that's such a dumb. Oh, yeah. Looking through this, this is this is, yeah. this, this is why you don't bring in deals with the devil and then and then try to cover it up with Doctor Strange mask. Yeah. Just, just don't do it. Yeah, looking at this, Radu kind of has a cool design, even if he looks like the Reach Ambassador from Young Justice, but without a face. Pretty much. You're right, yeah. It is the Reach Ambassador. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just basically, I, I, we've kind of we've kind of trashed the story. I just, to me, you, you can read Alpha, and you can read Omega, and, you, and nothing else happens. Just like Maximum really. Carnage. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it's it's the exact same thing. You could read part one and part fourteen of Maximum Carnage, and you'd be like, okay. The first month is we give maximum clonage. You can't just read Alpha and Omega and call it a deal. I mean, stuff does yeah, happen. Yeah, a lot of crap, but at least it's stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lot of stuff that happens. You have to read. That's one story. Say what you will about Maximum Clonage, but you have to read that story. In order, yeah. You can't just sit there and skip around. Now, now, granted, you have like in the, during Maximum Clones, you have the Punisher randomly showing up because, hey, the Punisher's first appearance was the first appearance of Jackal. Why not? Uh, why not? But, you know, this story I mean, yeah. just made me defend Maximum Clonage. I know. You- yeah, that's that's a, that's a testament to how much this story sucks. Okay, so I just uh, overall, even though I gave an A to issue two and a B to issue one. This story has to get a D from me because I, really nothing of con. I mean, the only bit of consequence, and I don't know what the repercussions were in Venom, so I can't speak in uh, in terms of that. The repercussions were very light in Spider in Spirit yeah. Obviously, you see the repercussions in issue twelve, but outside of issue twelve. It, but go on, go. What were we gonna say? Yeah, where he's moping around. I mean, I've got it here in the trade, and uh, then he beats up some Santa Clauses to get it out of his system. Yeah. That is the most epic. 
I cannot wait to talk about that issue. I don't blame um, him. And what other Spider-Man can he have? Can he use to have to beat up Santa Claus? It's only Kane. He can't even do that with Spock, right? <laughs> um. So. To kind of wrap this thing up, I think it was unnecessary. I think it was a crossover to try to boost up both both the satellite books. It was, I think, supposedly it started off as a joke. Now I'll ask if I ever get the chance to. Spider Island and this, and I didn't like those stories. I mean, <laughs> this may be fantastical comedy, but I like this. I mean, that's I mean, that's my favorite thing about this story. Yeah, he really is. That is, I thought that they got the character of Kane down pat throughout the entire story. Venom, eh. I, I can't speak because I'm not a Venom reader, so I can't say. But I would think that they would get. I think the characters like like Venom and Kane got were were down pat. Yeah. I just think that putting them in this situation was just not the best. Yeah, thing. I mean, it's like it's these two teaming up to fight Carnage. How hard is that? Carnage is not a complicated. How hard character. is that to make it suck? No. Or yeah. I've, How hard is it to make? Well, it I've so? never been a big fan of Carnage anyway. I like his first appearance. That's really the only Carnage story I like. But this was just I like. Like you said earlier, I do not want to be reminded of the planet of the symbiotes, and we have a 50-foot carnage at one point. Right, which is technically to scale, because you have, like, little tiny... Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, you... you, you I mean... So... I mean, I mean, at some point, I mean, it's just... Why did this happen? I mean, Yost, I think, from what I can tell, I think he knew this whole thing sucked and just went about creating the most 90s thing he possibly could. I don't, I've, I'm not familiar with uh, the writer Venom, uh, Colin Bunn, so I have no idea if he was taking this whole thing seriously. Yost, you can tell by Kane's own thought bubbles, was not taking this thing seriously at all. It's basically everything wrong with the 90s in a modern story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if that's what they set out to do, well, congratulations, mission accomplished. Doesn't mean it was a fun read. It, it, no, no, it, it's not. You can't. I think that there's there's a part of me in my when you mentioned in this that popped in my head. It, it, they tried to be, make it so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. They didn't succeed and at I, that. So. They they didn't succeed at that either. So I, I just I think fundamentally it just didn't work. So it's solid D for me. What's your what's your what's your final grade? I'm going to give it a D. I I really want to give it an F. I really do, but I'm not going to because Yost wrote Kane really well throughout this. Kane was fun to read, and and so while I didn't like the story, I I derived some pleasure from Kane's commentary on the whole thing. So it's a, it's a D. I mean, if it I could only give it an F if I hated the entire thing. <laughs> I mean, and you can pick this this, this trade up. It, co- it collects the entire six part story. It also collects issue twelve. That's the best part of the trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it ends on a high note. So if you like, if you definitely got to check out issue twelve. Um, these are available on Comicsology. I think that they're a dollar ninety nine now on Comicsology. So you can check them out. You don't. You're not going to pay full price, but uh, you might check them out if you're going to use Comicsology. You can also check them out. And you can probably get them in the twenty five cent bed at this point. So uh, yeah. Um, that you can. I mean, it doesn't get our recommendation, but if you want to have a complete run on Scarlet Spider, obviously ten and eleven are going to be going to be involved in that. So, and if you like bad symbiote stories from the nineties, this book is for you. Exactly, exactly. So with that, Greg, I think we're going to wrap this thing up with a bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll uh, we'll so. And Greg, Greg's going to pop in from time to time. This is not this is not his last episode, certainly. But uh, you know, when we're we're trying to play catch up with the Scarlet Spider, just kind of give you a little inside baseball stuff. We're trying to play catch up. We're trying to get some get get the momentum and get kind of current on the Scarlet Spider books. So, and we're the format of the show is not necessarily going to be changing because we've already been kind of doing this already, where we're doing every other episode dealing with the current stuff and then go back and, and redo and do the old stuff. So so Greg's going to pop in from time to time. We may have more than just Greg here. But, uh, yeah, we're we're still on, on pace to do all of our stuff that we previously announced in the uh, other episodes. But 
Uh, so stay tuned to spidey-dude.com for more. And here's a warning so if, from me, people. If you if Zach asks you on the show, say no. He'll make you read a terrible story. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I had a great time. Yeah, Thank me you too. very right, much thanks. for being on. So we'll, uh, we'll see you next time, guys. And that wraps up this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. We'll see you next time when we cover the era of Spider-Man that's kind of reviled during the Clone Saga. It is the Scarlet Spider Month 1. Web of, amazing, spectacular, and adjectiveless Spider-Man were retitled as the Scarlet Spider. And we also had an unlimited issue. So we'll have five issues that we'll cover next month. And so we'll see you next time here on the show. But uh, if you want to get a, be a part of the show, you can always drop us a line at clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can also get on our message board over at Spider-Man Crawl Space. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. And that wraps up this episode. So we'll see you next time here on Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast powered by spidey-dude.com.